The college experience on the sports gambling podcast network is presented by mybookie.ag. Use the promo code SGP for up to a thousand dollar deposit bonus. That's mybookie.ag promo code SGP. You play, you win, you get paid over at mybookie.ag. We're also brought to you by our own SGP and college football tournament. We're simulating a real college football playoff that you can bet on every Saturday and Sunday night in the month of June. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash CFT for all the details. Once again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash CFT. We're also brought to you by ACE per head. ACE is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, ACE is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com backslash SGP. That's aceperhead.com backslash SGP. We're also brought to you by Cushy Dreams. Cushy Dreams is a new company with a full lineup of premium smokable CBD. Now shipping legally to all 50 states. And if you use the promo code SGP, you get 15% off. That's Cushy, K U S H Y, dreams.com, promo code SGP. To the college experience. My name is Colby Swinging Dant to Base Dant, aka Pick Dun D in the motherfucking place to be. <laughs> That's not a pick. This is a pick. It's fucking terrible. It's a terrible Australian accent. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna make it my own. You know what I mean? I can't wait till I go to Australia one of these days. I got a lot of friends over there. Just get to be that dumbass American guy with uh, just trying to do an Australian accent, just saying that's not a pick. This is a pick. All night at the bars, and then like the fact that they don't have like the fact that the Australian women love the American accent, I'll still be able to pull ass even though that's all I'm doing. I'm just doing shots and drinking beer and saying that's not a pick. This is a pick. Every fucking guy in Australia hates me. <laughs> How you doing, folks? I'm solo. But hey, we're still going to have a lot of fun. It's the last, I think, solo episode for a while because uh, finally all that shit in Patty C's life is gone, I think, after this episode. And we'll be able to rock for the whole summer. Wind totals coming for everything. Ah, how's, how's, how's everyone doing, huh? The world's still absolutely just shitty. I think it is. I think it is because I read today that 13... 13 players in the state of Texas. No, no, not in the state of Texas for the university of Texas, the longhorns tested positive for COVID. Look, I know we got a little issue here for the past couple weeks. I was thinking, Hey, college football is going to start on time. But recently over the past three days, I've seen that an FCS, I think Tennessee state canceled their opening game. And I'm like, fuck, then you see uh, Alabama had some players catch the uh, virus. Old Miss, I think, had a good number of players catch the virus. And same with Houston. And now 13 players for Texas, which equivalents to 27% of the Longhorns roster. Who? Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, here's my thing is that can't they just sign a waiver saying they won't sue? Because I feel like I feel like myself, I would still play. I mean, shit, I was thinking about going to Mexico in July. My mom's telling me I'm crazy. Why are you going to fly to Mexico? Right now you can catch the virus. I'm like, mom, I'm in my 30s. I'm in my mid-30s. I think I could beat this thing. Of course, I know some people in their 30s have died, but I think there was underlining health conditions. But who knows? All I know is I want some football. Is it going to get rid- We need football. For the economy, we need football. All right? College football. If not, small towns are going to get devastated. Iowa City, Oxford, Mississippi, Lincoln, Nebraska, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
We need college football, though. Um, I don't know your guys' take on that. I don't want to be a dick, but at the same time, I just think, like, I mean, at some point, we got to start something, right? Can't just sit here. I don't know. I just, maybe I'm the asshole. But I, I tell you, it's not good when you read 13 players for the Longhorns because that makes me uh, concerned about, well, luckily, you know, it's early June, so we still have two months to try to get through this. But there is room for concern. I know there's a bunch of other chaos going on in college football, uh, obviously with, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, African-American people stepping up and, and, and talking about whether it was... Uh, whether it was Iowa strength coach who I believe was already fired and his son played for the team. I think he transferred Utah's defensive coordinator. And then you have Mike Gundy and <laughs> it's not a good scene in college football. It's not a good scene. I mean, I did crack up at the, uh, I mean, I didn't crack up, but I mean, I kind of laughed at, at uh, the Utah player calling out the defense court. It sucked. Look, all this shit is bad. You don't want to have racist people and in any platform of life. Uh, you don't need me to some fucking comedian idiot to tell you this, but I did think it was funny. Like the, the actual tweet or say, or I think he said like, yeah, the Utah defensive coordinator, you didn't need to say those things. You know, you, you know, we all felt weird by him saying, you know, the actions that he said, but then he goes, but he is a great defensive coordinator. <laughs> I'm not justifying it. It was just hilarious in the tweet format. Um, but, uh, but, but Mike Gundy. Yeah, I don't know. And here's, what's funny is I don't think, I mean, it's not funny. Once again, I don't know if I'm using the correct terms. I don't know that they can fire him. Even though, I mean, uh, look, I was trying to play devil's advocate on, on Gundy wearing that shirt and say, Hey, he's just wearing a shirt, Right. He's just wearing a shirt. He's a fucking idiot for wearing that shirt. Sure. There's no denying it. It's like Drew Brees' comments. Absolutely fucking terrible. Like, what are you thinking in the time you're saying that? It makes no sense. Even if you feel that way, just shut the fuck up. Because, I mean, I don't think Drew Brees is a racist. Maybe Gundy is, though. But I was originally defending him, saying, like, hey, you know, he's going fishing. Yeah, it's a, he's dumb as shit for wearing that shirt. But he's going fishing. And did we really, you know... I, I feel like we all thought he, uh, we, I thought he was conservative coming into it, you know, just because I know he's like hunts snakes in the summer and shit like that. And like, it's from a small town in Oklahoma, I believe, but obviously you can't be wearing that shirt. And I had no idea their stance on, on, on black Lives matter. I don't even turn tune into that network. I've never once watched that network in my life. So I have no idea, but I thought, okay, the guy's wearing a shirt. Uh, you know, my, <laughs> Uh, my dad has wore a FUBU shirt before having no idea that it was a uh, FUBU or, or what it meant. True story for like a month, probably. And then we told my dad like, Hey, you know, you're wearing it like that's, you know, and I, for all I know, he still wore it after the fact. Cause we, you know, we were not living at home. I have no idea though, but I thought that was fucking hilarious that my dad was rocking a FUBU shirt, but yeah, it's hard to defend him though. Cause now today the reports come out. Alfred Williams, my guy, Alfred Williams, big Colorado fan loved Alfred Williams. When he played for CU, uh, played for the Bengals and the Broncos won a couple Super Bowls with the Broncos was a really good defensive player, defensive end slash linebacker. And, uh, you know, he said that dude, well, Williams called for him not to get fired, but said, I want an apology because back when we played him in, I think 89 or 90 or something, you know, he used the N word on me and, and there's, several other players witnessed it. And also I think, I think a Colorado safety, Tim James, I think if the name is correct, said the same thing. And I mean, I, I don't want to defend Gundy at that point. Like I've never once said that in an, and I don't believe in anyone that's saying that shit. You know what I mean? Like, so it's hard to defend. I was giving him the benefit of the doubt with the t-shirt saying he fucked up. He's an idiot, but I truly don't think he's racist. Now I'm like, I have no idea, you know, but I will say this, uh, you know, talking to some people, they think that like, he's going to get fired. I don't know that he can get fired because this, he's got a big buyout. There's the looming COVID-19, which who knows what's going to happen with the season. So I don't know that they want to 
buy out that coach. And then if they don't have a football season, they will be in some financial turmoil. And then you have the fact that, uh, that he might be able to sue and win because I mean, that's some shit that happened in 89 or 1990. And I think those reports, Alfred Williams, I think reported that after that game. So that makes it really challenging for like, I mean, the university must've known that he was playing at the university. He was at Oklahoma state. So they hired him knowing this information. It, I just think it might, he might be able to win that case, even though, I mean, I don't know what he's, what, what he's got going on here, but uh, crazy times, man. I, lo- I lost a lot of respect for him. Dude, I've played in a million sports games and I've never once called anybody by any derogatory term. So I, I, I have no respect for that, but I'm going to get off my little high horse here and talk about what else we got. Alabama, Ohio state home and home come in 2027. Look, if the planet's still alive, then that's fantastic. Finally home and home games. And I'll put strong money, even though I have no idea who'll be coaching day. We'll probably still be coaching there. I don't know about Saban. Saban will be like 85 years old then, but I'll put strong money on them at least splitting because that's what happens when you hit the road in college football. As I've been saying for many, many years. Oh man. And how about this man? I saw, I, I tweeted out the uh, San Diego state, their new stadium on campus coming 2022. I'm excited for that. They need to step up and just get in the pac 12. Even though I love the mountain West, but the home stadium, they're not going to play at that charger stadium anymore. Exciting times. I got some Twitter questions. I'm going to answer in a little bit, but first I released and I'll, I'll do more of this with uh, Patty C. I did my top 25 group of five college football coaches. And it's hilarious because a, I got, I got into a bunch of shit with UCF fans. UCF fans were pissed at me, which was just fucking hilarious because, uh, I've been their strongest advocate. I'm people it's, I've got, I've been a huge advocate for UCF during their undefeated years to the point where people actually thought I was a diehard UCF fan, which I was not. If anything, my favorite team plays in their same division and that's the East Carolina pirates. So I would love to see UCF lose. But at the same time, I respect what they've been doing. They've been running a great program and I believe they earned a fair shot both years at, uh, at being in, in the playoffs. They should have been, I don't care what anyone says you go undefeated. You should have a chance to play for the national championship. And if they don't give you a chance, then I say you are a national champion that goes for BCS teams. And prior to that, um, but I released my top 25 and I'll run through them. Um, I'll start, I'll start from the, from 25 on my 25th coach. And he probably deserves to be higher after I wrote, wrote this. I thought, man, maybe I fucked up Troy Calhoun air force. I love Troy Calhoun. Love what he's doing at the, at, in Colorado Springs. He's been there a minute. And I mean, they won double digit games last year. The only reason I gave him 25th is prior to last year, he had two bad seasons. So the, I said, this year's a fringe year to me. Uh, and I expect them to be really good this year. The schedule's tough though. I know, but I expect them to be really good this year. And I think he's an amazing coach and he's probably better. I think if there's one weak part of my 20, my list of 25, I think that is the weakest thing I did. Let's put Calhoun at 25. I think he probably deserves to be much higher at 24. I did Chad Lunsford, Georgia Southern Lunsford had been with the program a long time. Um, and when Tyson Summers got fired, so the Georgia Southern program, if you don't know about Georgia Southern, they were a fantastic football program. I mean, they've been a fantastic football program for a long time, for an absolute long time under Paul Johnson, uh, back in like the nineties, and then switching over to Willie Fritz and, and Jeff Munkin and Summers was there for some of those. I think Summers came on board. I'm sorry, not Summers. Lunsford came on board in 2003. So he's been around the program for forever. So then when they switched over after, I believe Munkin left for army or Fritz left, I forget which one left first 
Tyson Summers came in and they struggled with Tyson. And but but Lunsford was on the staff. So they they fired Summers, I think, mid season. Lunsford comes in, does fairly well, much more competitive. And then the next year they have a great year. They win double digit wins. And then last year they make a bowl game. So he's had two years f- coaching. He's got a double digit win season and a bowl. Another, the other season was a bowl berth. I think Tyson, I mean, I think Chad Lunsford is a great coach and I think he's doing a great job with the Georgia Southern Eagles at 23. I got to look, I mean, this is, you could probably argue this one should be higher, but I don't know. I was never a hundred percent sold at, at West Virginia. I thought he did a decent job. Dana Holgerson at Houston. Look, he's got ties to our guy, how mommy and Mike Leach. I believe he's a good coach, but year one in Houston was kind of crazy. He had players transferring left and right. And, uh, and based off the talent Houston had, I don't think it was a good season. Cause I still think they should have went to a bowl game. Um, but at West Virginia, he was good. He's got a, he won a big East championship as a head coach before they moved to the big 12. He's 65 and 41 as a head coach. And that includes last year's terrible year at Houston. Now he's two and five. He's just two and five in bowl games. So it makes me wonder like, how good is he really? I, I mean, one of those teams, Dana Holgerson had Geno Smith and company, I think in the top five for some of the year. Now I think they still struggled late in that year, but he had them pretty high up. Um, I think he's a good job, but this is a real, I mean, I think he's a good coach, but I think this year is a real year this year and next year where we're going to find out just how good he is. Because I will say he walked into a West Virginia university that I feel like Rich Rod was doing good. And then Stewart was doing good as head coach. So he kind of walked into a spot that was already winning. Always hard to tell how good the coach is when that happens. Um, at 22, I'm going to take you to the Island. And I think I got a Twitter question on this later. I'm going to take you to Todd Graham, Todd Graham. Uh, he's an interesting character to me. I think it's a good hire by Hawaii, but, um, throughout his career, he's first off, he's got an overall record of 95 and 61. That's good. And he's also had success at mid majors. He had success at rice. He had success at Tulsa. Now on the major programs, he went to Pitt for one year. And this is the, the where you can throw some, some shade at him because he's at Pitt one year. And in, I think December of that year, they go six and six. They underachieved. They were supposed to be a lot better, but it's year one. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but he calls out his assistants for leaving to go work under rich Rodriguez, right? He called them nothing but mercenaries, which I thought was hilarious. And then a week or two, no, two weeks later, Graham dips out for Arizona state. So he stayed at Pitt for one year. (laughs) He called out his assistance for going to Arizona, Tucson. And the irony is, is that two weeks later, he dips out on Pitt and goes to Tempe. Pretty fucking hilarious. I do think he's a decent coach. I mean, I, I think Herm Edwards is better at Arizona state than Todd Graham is, even though I think records are close. And I know Graham, I think had a 10 win season. I just don't ever believe they were real for real in uh at, at Arizona State. They always like were kind of a kind of a just a how would I who would I compare them to? Defensively, they were always kind of a mess to me. And I know Graham's actually uh, his background's defense. Um and I I don't know. I just I, I never believed in those Arizona State teams. So uh, but I do think he's a good coach. I think it's a good hire and I think he's going to take Hawaii and, and do some decent things with Hawaii. Trust me, if you can win at rice and Tulsa, but I mean, Tulsa had some, some great winning years from other coaches too, but if you can win at rice, I think you can win at Hawaii. Um, at 21, I got Jason candle of Toledo big year for him because he only had a six and six year last year. And before that, he got a couple of great years. You don't know if he was riding off of Matt Campbell's coattails. So it's a big year for the Rockets of Toledo. They had a lot of injuries last year, though. So six and six, he still got them bowl eligible. That's not a, it is a, essentially a weak year for Toledo because they've been a pretty darn good Mac team, I feel like, since the 90s. Uh, 
but if that's your worst year, you know, if he, if he ends up having a seven or eight, yeah, uh, seven or eight years into his coaching career at Toledo. If, if you look back and say, Oh, well, he had a six and six year. That's not a bad year. Still. It's not a bad, I mean, it's a bad year for Toledo in a way, but you're still bowl eligible. I don't think that's a bad year for a coach. Uh, but, but candle, a big year for him coming up the Toledo rockets. Um, at number 20, I got Butch Davis and in Florida international. Um, he's doing good things at Florida national. I'm not sure they made a bowl game, but they had a losing record because they lost the bowl game. Um, but they beat Miami last year, the hurricanes, Butch Davis is old school. They went, they, they beat him and they beat him fair and square. And, uh, I think he's a good coach. The only, the only red flags here, he'd be higher ranked if every university he coached at when he left didn't get hit with sanctions. Happened at Miami, happened at North Carolina. Probably will happen. At, it's a safe bet that it will happen at Florida Atlanta or Florida International once once he's done. But I like Butch, old Jimmy Johnson assistant. Um, at nineteen, I got Doc Holiday. Great name. Great fucking name at Marshall. He's the head coach of Marshall. Uh, he's in his 11th year. And this guy, he's got one conference championship, one coach of the year. And uh, he's got a 78 and 51 record, including a six and one bowl record. I like Marshall. I like what he's doing. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know how they, they squandered their opportunities last year. Cause I, like a few games I watched, I was impressed with Marshall. They almost won at Boise. Um, they couldn't throw the ball though. Uh, at certain points when I watched them, I was impressed with their defense was impressed with their, uh, running game at certain points, but they definitely struggled throwing the ball in the games that I saw at least last year. But doc holiday, good coach. And like I said, six and one bull record got to reward that. Uh, at 18, I got Jay Norvell in Nevada. Gotta like that. Uh, Norvell uh, running the air raid. Got Hal Mummy's son as the OC. They, they Norvell took over the, uh, after uh, Polian was the head coach. And Polian really brought that program down. And I understand, you know, his career record's only 500. But now two years in a row, he's taken the Wolfpack bowling. So he, he's only been there three years. So he's taken him two bowl games and I feel like this is going to be his best team yet. So year one, they suck year two bowl game, year three bowl game. And then this year the program is, is I think go, heading in the right direction. And another thing is he's beaten Oregon state and Purdue the past two years, as well as our gals that were ranked when, when he took them down. So give it up for Jay Norvell and the Nevada Wolfpack. And uh, before I tell you the next one, I want to tell you guys that college experience is brought to you by, you know why, you know who it's by, you know, it is my Look right now. I don't know if you're tuning into this, but every Thursday night, Friday night, us, me, me, Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, Sports Gambling Podcast. We are announcing Madden Sims every Thursday and Friday, and then on Saturday and Sunday we're announcing the college football tournament, the SGPN college football tournament, a real tournament where we will find a real winner. Saturday and Sunday nights, and you can bet on all that action, all of it, even the Madden at mybookie.ag. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash CFT. I mean. Guys, this is awesome stuff, man. I'm having a blast with this. That Oregon Baylor game was bananas. The Florida Atlantic Ohio State game was bananas. Um, but at mybookie.ag, all the lines are available. And, and, and like I said, we have real sports essentially because of this. Deposit this week and you'll get a free $10 bet for the Belmont Stakes on Saturday. So you might as well do that. And we've all been starved for sports, but the Premier League is back. The PGA is back. So if you're looking to earn, you know, more than just bragging rights this summer, my bookie is the place to bet. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of their dynamic betting lines on, on major sports returning to play like the NBA, MLB, uh, NHL, UFC, UFC has its next big fight card at fight Island. 
on July 11th, which will have plenty of action. And the best part is my bookie dynamic odds. You can always, always wait for the right spot to place your bet to maximize your chance to win big basketball and baseball too far out. They've got you covered with hundreds of wagers on sports, simulated sports, just like the real counterparts, but with games going on every day of the week, all week long, NFL, NBA, FIFA, and UFC, it's all available right at your fingertips from your computer at home to your mobile phone. It's instant access to action. Oh yeah. So sign up now using the promo code SGP to net yourself some extra cash on top of your deposit. Put in a hundred dollars and they'll spot you a $50 free play. That's promo code SGP. When you make your first deposit with my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid over at mybookie.ag. Whew. Another thing I want to say before I, before I dive in, I don't know if I, I, yeah, I'm a big fan of, uh, of, of, uh, music and, uh, my guy, my pal, uh, mocha only. If you like hip hop music, you should check out my guy. Mocha only has a new record out. If you like native tongue, De La soul tribe called quest, stuff like that. Uh, my guy, mocha only has got a new record out. It's called it can do. And, uh, I highly recommend it. Great stuff. Great guy. I went on the road with mocha back when I was just a little snot nosed kid. If you've listened to the college experience, I've talked about some of those stories, but back when I was a, uh, I think 21 years old, I went on the road cross country all th- throughout Canada with mocha. When he was at the time, he was a, uh, he, he was a big time. I mean, he's still a, a successful artist, but he's independent now. But at the time back then, in those days, I think he won seven Juno awards, which is the equivalent of Grammys in Canada. So we were having a good old time going from city to city, but uh, I really believe in his art. So check out his music and I think you guys will dig it. All right. Now back to the fun. That is my top 25 coaches over at sports You can check this out from the group of five, top 25 group of five coaches. We got the top 25 from the power five common at number 17, I got Rod Carey of Temple, former Northern Illinois coach. And Carey was great at Northern Illinois. He won two MAC championships at Northern Illinois, and, and he won four division titles. So he went to the MAC championship four times. And in his first year at Temple, he, le- he led them to a bowl. Carey has a career record of 60 and 35. That's very impressive. He's got a coach of the year the, uh, award from the MAC. I think Temple's going to be loaded again. They're bringing back that stud quarterback. Uh, the only negative with Kerry is that he is, this is pretty amazing. He's Oh, and seven in bowl games. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. Cause some of those bowl games weren't even against like major schools. Um, he's Oh, and seven. And like most recently they played North Carolina. That probably wasn't a fair matchup. Um, well, actually it probably was cause North Carolina was just six and six, but they got their ass kicked by North Carolina and Sam Howell and company and Mac Brown. But I think Kerry's a good coach, and I think he's gonna get he's gonna get off the Schneid. He's gonna win one of these bowl games this year, maybe next year. So this year, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this year, he gets it done. Um, at number sixteen, I got Rick Stockstill of Middle Tennessee, in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I've been there. I used to have a, a they used to have a beast running back named Dewan Hicks. I had a T-shirt that said Hicks for Heisman. I don't know what the fuck I did with it, but that was a fun t-shirt. Uh, Middle Tennessee, Rick Stocks though, great coach, man. Fifth entering his 15th season at Middle Tennessee. And he's been the coach since when they're in the Sun Belt and the Conference USA. He's took the he's taken them up a division. If you really believe that the Conference USA is better than the Sun Belt, which I'm a little reluctant to do. But he has been Sunbelt coach of the year twice. He's been conference USA coach of the year once. I mean, come on. That's that stands out alone. Now I will say the bowl game thing. He's two and six in bowl games. That's not amazing, <laughs> but he has upset some big time teams. Stocks has beaten uh, Memphis. I think three or four times he's beaten Maryland twice. He's beaten Georgia tech. He's beaten Missouri. He's beaten Syracuse. And I mean, he beat Syracuse the year Syracuse beat Clemson. I'm just saying that was a decent, that's a good win. 
It's a good win. Stock's still coming off a bad year. I think, uh, you know, they had lost a ton, but they got a money quarterback headed into this year. And uh, I would expect them to be in a bowl game come December. If we have bowl games and if the virus doesn't fuck up everything at number 15, I'm going to take you back to one of Mike Leach's old assistants, take you to Dallas, Texas, where the SMU Mustangs are coming off of a big, big year of winning double digit wins. Um, and Sonny Dykes, Sonny Dykes doing a great job at SMU. I think they're going to be really good this year too. Um, now Dykes is just 56 and 56 as a head coach, but I mean, he took over Louisiana tech when it was a very bad program and he was the one to really get that going. And then he was at Cal and at Cal, he was kind of, uh, he was kind of iffy. He was like, he had decent, he had a decent year or two, but their defense was just absolute shit at Cal. Um, but I believe he's a good coach former whack coach of the year when, when he was at Louisiana tech and uh, he probably should have been potentially coach of the year last year in the AAC because SMU was good and they bring back uh Bouchelle. Um, so I expect SMU to be playing some ball this year at number 14. And this was controversial. Uh, some, someone on Twitter called me an idiot for this one at 14. I got Kalani Sataki at BYU. Um, He's just 27 and 25 as a career, you know, his career record as a head coach. So I get, okay, you can shit on me for that. But I personally think BYU has like the hardest schedule in the year every year. Or in in the year, hardest schedule in the country. Pretty much every year. I'm just going to, I'm just going to pull this up right now. Give me a second. I'm going to pull up BYU's schedule. They schedule... So, I mean, to me, like, first off, he has some big time wins. Kalani Sataki has beaten Arizona. He's only been there, what, four years? Arizona, Michigan State, Mississippi State, Wisconsin, Tennessee, USC, and Boise State. That's a pretty good fucking resume. He won at Tennessee. He won at Wisconsin. I think they won at Michigan State as well. I mean, so you got to reward him. And their schedule is complete fucking chaos. Watch this. Look at this schedule right here. I'm going to pull this thing up and you're going to be like, okay, this is BYU too. This is a school, a religious school in Utah. Now granted, yeah, you can have players that are like 25 years old, which is an advantage, but okay. Week one BYU this year, they play at BYU. I'm sorry. They play at Utah rivalry game. Utah is way more talented. Utah has beat them a bunch of times in a row. I would imagine Utah is going to beat them again, but that's a tough game, right? Week two. I mean, this schedule is fucking unbelievable. Week two, they're home to Michigan state. Can they go for the sweep of the Spartans? Week three, they're at Arizona state. One of the hardest places to win. I think in the country, one of them, I think that's a, people don't realize how a game in Tempe, I think is one of the, slept on environments in college football. And if memory serves me correct, I want to say the big 10 is like, Oh, and 10 or Oh, and 11 in Tempe. I mean, Notre Dame recently lost there. You don't want to play in Tempe. I'll put it like that. Um, but so far at Utah, home to Michigan state at Arizona state. And then back, they have a back-to-back away game. They play at Minnesota the following week, <laughs> Minnesota. It was top 10 last year. I mean, look at those first four games at three of the first four weeks. They're on the road. Now, sure. At Utah up, up the road, Salt Lake city, but that's still a hostile environment. I think if they're ever going to beat Utah, it's going to come in Provo and not probably at Utah, but at Utah home to Michigan state at Arizona state and at Minnesota, then, Oh, they come back short week, short week. They come back and they're at home against Utah state. Oh, you, the same Utah state. That's like one of the best mid majors the past, I don't know, 10 or 15 years in, in the country. That's not a fun game to play. Another thing is they're going to get up for that game. Cause that's a small school in your own state. Yeah. That's not a fun game. Then the following week. Oh, they're home to Missouri. The tigers are in the sec. They right now they have zero cupcakes. There's two, four, six, there's six weeks in. They have zero cupcakes. Seventh week, or they host the Houston Cougars, who I think are going to be a bowl team this year. 
Houston had a down year last year, just four and eight, but they had been a, a bowl team the past 20 years. Last year was like really their first really down season. And that because they brought in a new coach, Dana Holgerson. I expect them to be a bowl team this year. And by the way, might I add another short, short week. Then the following week, I can't believe they scheduled this because this is just trap city. They play at Northern Illinois. This is their first, you know, okay. It's Northern Illinois, but they play in Illinois. They, they have to go all the way across country to take them into Cobb to, to be, to, to play them into Cobb. Northern Illinois, very capable of beating mid majors. We've seen them do it against Iowa. We've seen them do it against Maryland. Um, and then you got to go to them. You're not bringing them to Provo. I mean, shit, Northern Illinois beat BYU last time they played them. Then they get a bye week and it's a much needed bye week because they play at Boise state on the Smurf turf. I mean, that's one of the hardest places to grab a win mid major wise. It's probably the hardest on the Smurf turf. Then the following week, they're home to San Diego state who won 10 games last year. By the way, Boise won 11 last year. No, no, Boise won 12. So then they're, they're home to San Diego state. Now, granted they get them at home, but San Diego state is a very good football team. Okay. Then comes their one cupcake on the schedule on Saturday, November 21st against North Alabama. All right. That's the one cupcake. They have one cupcake on the schedule and then they end the season at the Stanford Cardinals on Saturday, November 28th. That schedule is unbelievable. So when you ask why I have Kalani Sataki at 27 and 25, look, and this is every year. Every year they have a fucking ridiculous schedule. And I know there's these dumbass rankings that come out that say, oh, well, South Carolina has the hardest schedule in the nation. I don't believe those rank. They, they base all of that shit on preseason. There's no way you can tell me that that's a harder schedule because every single week at BYU, you are tested. At number 13, and I got shit on big time with this. I had Josh Heupel at UCF. Everyone's saying, how, was, how could you not do that? And quoting Sporting News, they sent me Sporting News' article saying, look, he's number two here. See how dumb you are? Yeah, well, I don't fucking believe in their writing. I think it's garbage, all right? Josh Heupel's doing a great job. I like Josh Heupel. I loved him as a quarterback at Oklahoma. That was my guy. But let's be honest here. He walked into a team that had just gone undefeated. Now, that same next year, he went undefeated in the regular season and they lost a bowl game to LSU only by eight with their third string quarterback, which is very impressive, very impressive coaching to me, right? And last year, despite having both of his quarterbacks injured, he started a freshman and he went 10 and three with a freshman quarterback and he lost three games by a total of seven points. I was very impressed by his coaching last year, but the fact is, I mean, yeah, he's, his record's 22 and four, but the fact is I can't put him there yet. I don't believe like he walked into a great scenario. He's in South Florida. They spend a lot of money uh, into the program. And also you're in Florida. The recruiting is easy. Now I even say in my write-up that if he has another great year, he'll be in my top five, but he's only coached two years so far. And he walked into a perfect team the year before. I like Josh Heupel. I think he's going to be in my top five next year, but, and you can't tell me that UCF is a better job than these other ones. I'm going to mention in a minute here. Okay. At number 12, I got Brian Harson, Boise state. Once again, great job. Walked into a great situation. He's 71 and 22 as a head coach. and He's coming off a 12 and one regular season. I think it's harder to win in Boise than it is in, in, Orlando. I know that's retarded because Boise's got an unbelievable record since 1999, but I just know recruiting wise, I've been to both these places. High school football thrives in Florida in Idaho. It's not really killing it. Harson's doing a good job and I got him slightly better, but like I said, Heupel might pass him with another great year or Harson. If they have another great year, he moves up. At number 11, I got Luke Fickle. And my main reason of putting Fickle ab- above Heupel and, and uh, Harson is that he, when he came into Cincinnati, Tommy Tupperville had kind of fucked up that whole program. So he's brought them back. He's won two back-to-back 11 win seasons. And he's recruited really well at, at Cincinnati. Once again, though, it is an easier place to recruit than, say, Boise. 
So I take all this into consideration when I'm making this list at number 10, I have Jeff Munkin at army, which this, they UCF fans could not believe. I put Jeff Munkin ahead of the great Josh Heupel, but Jeff Munkin is just 40 and 36 at army, but he's got a career record of 78 and 52. He's three and zero in bowl games. And if you look further in his career, he's seven and three in the FCS playoffs because I'm taking into account all of this. Munkin came over from Georgia Southern where, you know, it was a fine tuned machine and he did great at Georgia Southern, but it was a fine tuned machine from what Paul Johnson had been doing. But he took over his army program. That was absolutely horrible. And he won back to back seasons, not last year, but the previous two seasons prior to last year, he won 10 and 11 games at army. That's incredible. He took Oklahoma in Norman to overtime, the same Oklahoma that went to the college football playoffs and went to overtime against the Georgia Bulldogs. He took Michigan down to the wire in Ann Arbor last year. And despite they only went five and eight last year, I expect them to be bowling again this year. I think Jeff Monk is a fantastic coach at number nine. I got Frank Solich, the 75 year old Frank Solich are now he's the new Bernie Lomax of college football. Let's be honest. Solich got a raw deal at Nebraska. Solich got a career record of 171 and hundred. He's won a big 12 championship. He's coached for a national championship. He was fired at Nebraska for going nine and three. <laughs> Think about that. What they wouldn't give to have a, a nine and three coach right now. Um, Solich went to Ohio in the Mac and he's had five, nine win seasons and one 10 win season in Athens. Now sure. They haven't won a Mac championship. Perhaps this is the year in 14 seasons at Ohio though. He's only had two losing seasons and both occurred in his first four years. This guy can flat out coach. Frank Solich is the man um, at number eight. I got skip Holtz and the Louisiana tech. Bulldogs. My guy, Skip Holtz, former East Carolina coach doing a great job coming off that. Now this is one I think they actually would have won the conference USA last year. Had they not had their quarterback get suspended in their biggest games of the season. They won 10 games last year though, but he's 56 and 36 at Louisiana tech. He's overall 144 and one Oh seven. And he's got two conference USA championships and a coach of the year. And this team, Watch, they're going to bite somebody this year. They might bite Baylor. We'll see. I love what Skip Holtz is doing at Louisiana Tech. Now, he struggled at South Florida, but at East Carolina, he was money. At Louisiana Tech, he's money. And even if you go far enough back at UConn, he was a fish. He was a good coach. Skip Holtz at number eight. At number seven, one of my favorites in college football. And this is another one the UCF fans were calling out. Chris Creighton, Eastern Michigan. How can you have Chris Creighton? He people don't remember how bad Eastern Michigan was. They were the worst, in my opinion, they were the worst division one program F, F, FBS program in all of college football. They hadn't been to a bowl game since 1987. They were really, really fucking bad. Like one win, but again, a season like, like New Mexico state or you like, pretty much like UMass is now or Akron. And he comes in. And he, and look, look, his career record still 28 and 47. How can I have that over Josh Heupel? Because he came into one of the hardest places to win. And yes, he struggled for a bit, just like every other coach prior to him did, but he finally got it rolling the past four years. Creighton's team has been good all four years. They've been a good team. They've only been to three bowls in the past four years, but they even have lost the, 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 the year that they didn't make a bowl. They had, I think all of their losses were by a score or less. And he's also beaten Illinois, Purdue and Rutgers from the big 10, the past four years. I'm telling you, this guy's going to do it again this year too. He's building something. I love Chris Creighton. He should be a head coach at a bigger job, but I hope he stays at Eastern Michigan because I love them coming up at number six. I took a guy who doesn't have that much experience in the FBS but I took Will Healy of Charlotte. Yes. Will Healy in year one, Charlotte just started their football program in the past uh, decade. They'd never been to a bowl game in year one. Will Healy takes them to a bowl game. This guy's recruiting really good at Charlotte. 
Um, I expect them. They might be, they could be in the American when it's all said and done. Um, but Will Healy also, you're thinking, oh, well, you're just basing it off one year, Colby. No, but that is a great job in one in year one to take a team that had never been to a bowl to a bowl. But it's really because of the job he did at Austin P. If you follow FCS college football, Austin P was probably the, they were, they were the Eastern Michigan of the SES. And he went in there to a team that I think was like three and like 60 in their last, like, I forget the, the number. It was something like that. Um, and he took them, he, he won double digit games at fucking Austin P. And even, the, I mean, he had done a, just an unbelievable job at Austin P. So I fully believe in Will Healy. He's my sixth rated coach at number five. Speaking of football programs that went away and came back, the UAB Blazers and Bill Clark. If you follow college football closely, you got to love Bill Clark. Because not only is this guy a great coach, but he stayed the course. When, B, when, the, when UAB had, had a school president that got rid of the football program, Clark stayed the course, fought for it to get back, came back. And then in year one, in year one of them coming back, they were projected to win one to two games. And they won double, I think they won double digit games. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. No, they, they made a bowl game. That's what it was. And then the following season, he had a double digit, double digit season. He's 34 and 19 at UAB. He's never had a losing season as the head coach of the Blazers. Love what Bill Clark's doing. Love the UAB Blazers. And at number four, actually, let me read a little ad before I, before I, before I rattle off the next, the next bit of this nonsense. I want to tell you that the college experience is brought to you by ACE per head. You ever thought about starting your own sports book, but don't know how? Well, guess what? Ace per head is here to help. They're here to help you start your own sports book. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. They also have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace per head offers a live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today, and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com backslash SGP. That's aceperhead.com backslash SGP guys. Check it out. It's cool stuff. It's really cool stuff. Um, where are we at here? Okay. Number four, I got Ken Niamatololo at Navy. This coach is fantastic coming off of a double digit win season. He's 98 and 60. He's the head coach of Navy. Now sure. He took over but he's been able to maintain this program at the level Paul Johnson had it at, if not better, if not a little bit better at times. And he's absolutely amazing head coach. I remember the university of Arizona was on the verge of hiring Niamatololo and their star and Heisman candidate or Heisman hopeful Khalil Tate tweeted out. If he goes to Arizona, I'm out of here. And the fucking dumb people of Tucson. Well, not, not the people the, in the at the college, the dumb people, the dumb athletic director, and perhaps whoever else involved in making this decision decided to leave and back out of the Niamatololo hire. And they hired Kevin Sumlin and things haven't gone very well. Big year for Sumlin coming up, but I thought Niamatololo would have been fantastic at Arizona. Oh man, the triple option in the Pac-12, that would have been a nightmare matchup for a, a lot of teams in the Pac-12. But uh, Liam Montolo is amazing. He's only had two losing seasons in 12 years at Navy. Fucking great job. All right, at number three, I'm going to take you to the green wave. Yeah, and my guy Willie Fritz at Tulane. And you're thinking, oh, he's just 23 and 27 at Tulane. How can I have him go be there? How can I have him rated there? He inherited a mess. They were horrible. They were absolutely horrible when he took over that program. But now he's been to back-to-back bowl games with the green wave and Fritz. If you look at his track record, he's just a fucking great coach. I Tulane's probably going to go to a bowl game again this year, right? But I don't have him ranked just because of Tulane. I have him because Georgia Southern, he was money. Now, sure. Did he walk into a fine-tuned machine with Paul Johnson? Sure. But when you really want to analyze how good of a coach he is, Go back to the Sam Houston State days in the FCS. He was absolutely money. Fritz has a combined record of 177 and 96. He's undefeated in bowl games. Plus, he's seven and three in the FCS playoffs. This guy can coach. 
Give it up for Willie Fritz and the Tulane Green Wave. And at number two, I got Lance Leopold of Buffalo. Now, if you don't pay close attention to the mid majors, you're going to want to because this guy probably will be a big time head coach soon. Leopold is unbelievable. Look, he's just 31 and 32 at Buffalo. He walked in, had a horrible year at Buffalo, right? No, no. I think he walked in and went six and six. The second year had a horrible year, right? But ever since then, he, he then had a double digit win season two years ago. Last year, they were a bowl team. I mean, this team is really the, the class, one of the, the top classes of the Mac now and at Buffalo. I think that's probably one of the hardest schools in the nation to probably recruit at. He's doing a great job. And if you follow Leopold's career, once again, he has six, yes, six division three national championships as head coach of Wisconsin whitewater, along with four coaches of the, of the year awards in, in that subdivision. I mean, keep an eye on the bulls. I love what Leopold's doing at Buffalo. I hope he stays there. I would love to see the bulls become a staple of the Mac and at number one, where everyone talks shit at me for this one. I had Craig bowl of Wyoming. Oh, how could I have Craig bowl ahead of Josh Heupel because he's winning at Wyoming. Come on now. He's putting pros out in at Wyoming nonstop. They had, they had players drafted this year. They had players drafted the year before they had a top 10 pick. Oh, he's had, okay. He's doing an amazing job. Wyoming. I think Wyoming could win the mountain West this year. I think they're gonna be right there with Boise. Um, and another thing is they've played Boise better than probably anyone. Maybe BYU, you could argue. They've played Boise really well the past few years. He, now, now you could say, oh, he's just 36 and 40 at Wyoming. But when he took it over, the program was dog shit. He's had four straight bowl eligible seasons with four different quarterbacks. Shit, last year they were starting. I think they started three different quarterbacks. Still made a bowl game and won a bowl game. He also has three FCS national championships and he's the man that really put North Dakota state on the map. He's got a career coaching record of 140 and 72. The Cowboys are here to stay. I love what he's doing at Wyoming. Love what he's doing. I'm excited to watch him this year. And that is my top 25 head coaches in college football. I'll answer some Twitter questions and then get the fuck out of here. Okay. First off from at John two zero zero nine nine five seven seven one. Did I catch a niner in there? Top five fast food places debate. I think he probably meant that he thought Patty C was going to be here and I'll bring it up to Patty C the next time we do it. He says to qualify, you must have a drive through. You're going to hate this. If you're listening and you're not in California, you're going to hate this, or I guess now it's in Arizona too, and maybe Nevada and maybe Texas, but I'm an in and out guy. I was a skeptic too. When I first moved to LA, I think I had in and out once and I was like, yeah, this shit's overrated. I had seen big Lebowski thought like, ah, going to be fantastic. But after like a month or two or three, then I was, you know, hanging out with people we get drunk and then end up eating there. I was like, man, they do make a fucking great burger. And I got sold on, I got brainwashed with it, but I'm telling you, it's still like to me, the best tasting fast food. I really believe that. I really believe that. But if I had to do nominees on else, I mean, Chick-fil-A look, people can say all they want to say about (laughs) they, they obviously have their issues with gay people. I can tell you this though. I can, I can respect the fact that I think they truly believe it because if, if they didn't believe it, they'd be, it's not a money grab because they're not Chick-fil-A is not even open on Sundays. If they were really like, they really believe in what they believe in. So more, I mean, more power. I don't agree with it, but you know, it's not about the money because they'd be open on Sundays making millions and millions more dollars. But Chick-fil-A makes a great fucking fast food. I mean, shit, when me and Kramer go to Vegas, we'll always stop by Chick-fil-A and like, I don't know. Barstow or something, some town on the way to Vegas. I think they have good fast food. Um, drive through. After that, I don't really have many big, strong options, strong plays. I mean, McDonald's breakfast, I guess. Haven't had that shit in years, though. But uh, actually, I might have had it in Ireland. 
The McDonald's in Ireland are fucking hilarious. If you've ever been to Ireland or around Ireland, they're like, they're like nightclubs in a way. <laughs> Maybe not nightclubs, but it's weird. There's like house music bumping. There's like couches. It's just fucking weird. I'd go there to get Wi-Fi when I was in Ireland, but they had like, it's just not like McDonald's in America. It's completely fucking different. It's really strange. It's like very clean. There's couches. There's spot. It's like an internet cafe meets McDonald's like house music playing. It's just fucking weird. Um, but those are my answers, uh, John. I hope that uh, if it, uh, we'll have, we'll talk about it. Hopefully, if I can re- remember with Patty C. Uh, next up at NW Hanson twenty twenty, Daniel Jemaya. I'm sorry, Daniel Jemaya. Jeremiah. Jesus, can't even fucking talk. Not even drinking. Has Trey Lance as his number one draft eligible QB. Yeah, I wish I could have showed that to that idiot on Twitter that was saying he's he's not going to get drafted in the first round. Uh, how soon will crystal ball regret scheduling them? Says our guy, Matt MW Hanson. Good dude, man. I like, I like NW Hanson 2020. Uh, soon, soon. I can tell you this, man. I, I was sad to see that, uh, Jabril Cox transferred to LSU, the, the best defensive player in North Dakota state, because I wanted him to be in that Oregon game, but I'll say this, man, everyone's talking. I know Oregon's got a great D I know their secondary is loaded with some NFL players, but they have a question at quarterback and they have Anthony Brown, the Boston college transfer who I like his game. A lot of people, I was listening to another podcast where they didn't like his game. I like Anthony Brown's game. I think he's capable, but they're also replacing, I think four out of five offensive linemen. That's a concern. And uh, how about this? They're bringing in Joe Moorhead, a new offensive coordinator, but they, you got to think about, the ramifications of the COVID virus. You're not going to have time to really gel together. No spring ball. Can North Dakota state pull up there, come up there and pull the upset. I think it's possible. I think it's fucking possible. Now I will say that's one of the hardest places to win. Otson, Eugene, that stadium is loud, but if there's a team that can do it, I think North Dakota state can, like I said, I, w- I wish Jabril Cox could have been there. Another thing is I, I'm not a big Mario Cristobal f- believer yet. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I've watched plenty of games where I've wondered about his coaching. He got, I mean, the Stanford game, I thought last year he got bailed out. And what game was it that I was watching? Washington state. He got very lucky to win that game. Some awful coaching in the Washington state game. Um, so I still, I think they're vulnerable. And another thing is they have Ohio state on deck, so they might not be focusing so much on North Dakota state. Trey Lance threw 28 touchdowns and had zero interceptions last year. That's fucking absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Got some more uh, Twitter questions coming here, but uh, before I do, I'm going to read you our last ad and say we're brought to you by Cushy Dreams CBD. Cushy Dreams is a new company with a full lineup of premium smokable CBD. They specialize in extraordinary CBD rich hemp flower, AKA bud and pre-roll CBD joints. Now shipping legally to all 50 States join the group of adults who are sick of vapes and gummies and want to smoke their CBD. Check out Cushy Dreams com looks looks the CBD content is up to 20%, 20%, which is some of the highest in the game. If you don't know, uh, it looks like high grade marijuana feels like high grade marijuana tastes like high grade marijuana. The attention to detail is noticeable. It's noticeable in every beautiful little flower smokable CBD and smoking your CBD is the most efficient and quickest way to deliver CBD to your system. If you did not know, Independent lab testing, compliance, and purity results grown in California and Oregon. Each plant is hand-selected by a team of experienced cannabis flower experts. Picture Bill Walton just saying, yeah, this is it. This is quality shit. Now shipping legally to all 50 states. You use the promo code SGP to get 15% off. And once again, that's Cushy Dreams, K-U-S-H-Y dreams.com. Promo code SGP. Smoke CBD because you can, people. Because you can. Um... Yeah. What else do we got here? We've got a couple, couple more questions and then I'll get the hell out of here. Uh, where is this? I'll answer some more of these in the next episode too. But, uh, at Rube 48, where do you think JD Spielman 
is transferring to. I think he's coming home to play for my Gophers. He says that would be a huge get because what they lost Bateman. By the way, JD Spielman, if you don't know guys, great receiver out of Nebraska transferring. I just hope my, because initially when I saw him transfer, I mean, obviously Minnesota was the play because I think he's from there. And then I heard experts saying, quote unquote experts saying, uh, Ohio state would be in play. I also heard, what was the other one I heard? Is it Oklahoma? Might've been Oklahoma. I mean, this kid's a stud. I've watched him. I'm so, I think he's a very good player. I would love to see Minnesota grab him. I, I'm, I row the boat, baby. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to back you up on that and say, row the boat. I think that's where he's going to end up. Although I wonder the ramifications of the whole, uh, tragedy, you know, obviously that happened in Minneapolis and what's going on. Maybe that could be an issue, but, um, I hope he doesn't sell out and go to like Alabama or one of those big schools, man. Just give me, just go, go home, put Minnesota in the big 10 championship, help them get a title to help your home state row the boat, baby. Okay. And, uh, what are those XFL Jim says, how do you feel about Hawaii f- falling back after losing Rolo? I feel like someone who knows the Island is always the best person to have there. Probably right with that. Cause June Jones played at Hawaii and same with Nick Rolovich. Uh, but Paul Johnson, I believe was an OC at Hawaii and they won some b- back in the days. I, I like the hire. I mean, I obviously would probably like June Jones more, but um, I still think Todd Graham's a capable coach. I expect them to be a bowl team, you know, most years. I think it's a good hire considering he's young enough that you could put in a solid decade in Honolulu if he stays, but he is known to bounce around a lot, but I like the hire. I think it can work. Okay. Uh, at welcome to UAB says Northwestern indicate, or let's talk big 10 Northwestern indications to suggest they improve this year. The win total set at five and a half. Is there any value there? Yes. I mean, without looking at the schedule, I'm going to pull up the schedule, but without looking at the schedule, I think Pat Fitzgerald's too good of a coach to, to do that, to be as bad as they were last year. Another thing is that Clemson transfer. Why am I struggling to think of his name? Is it Hunter Johnson? He was fucking terrible. He was absolutely terrible. All due respect. Now they have Peyton Ramsey, you believe coming in from Indiana. I like this kid Ramsey. I've seen him play. I am much more impressed with him than Hunter Johnson. Um, schedule wise, they don't see, they, they schedule tough though, man. At a conference, they sched, look at their out of conference schedule. Wait, did they get them in? They don't play a major at a conference. What am I missing here? Oh, maybe it's not such a tough out of conference schedule. I thought they had Notre Dame for some reason. Um, over five and a half, they get Tulane. It would not surprise me if Tulane beat them week two. They also get central Michigan who I like McElwain doing a good job there. They could lose that game. And then their third one's Morgan state. Who's absolutely fucking terrible. I think they should probably go three and O or two and one right there. So that that's almost half your win total for the five and a half. They play Maryland. I expect them to beat Maryland. It's in Evanston. That would be three wins. So let's play double. Let's just say they beat Tulane, Central Michigan, and Morgan State. Three and zero. Maryland would be four. That means they would just need to win two elsewhere. I think these are winnable games. I think they can beat Michigan State. That's a winnable game to me. Now it's at Michigan State, so I'd favor Michigan State. But it wouldn't shock me if they won that game. That's a season opener as well. New coach coming in. New offense. Yeah. Plenty of reason to think that uh, Northwestern can beat them. Uh, they get Nebraska in Evanston. Wouldn't be surprised if they won that one. They get Wisconsin in Evanston. Wouldn't be surprised if they gave them a game. Now, obviously, you're going to favor Wisconsin. And then they get Illinois in in Evanston. I think they can beat Illinois. I think they could beat. I mean, and then the other road games, at, the road games are at Michigan State, winnable. At Penn State, they're going to lose that. At Iowa. It wouldn't shock me. I was replacing a quarterback. Wouldn't shock me if they won that. They've been in some turmoil at Purdue. Now those are back-to-back away games. So I don't expect that's tough. They wouldn't surprise. It wouldn't surprise me if they're in that game with Purdue. Then they're at Minnesota, which I think they lose. I I'm going to say, I'm going to say they're going to get to a bowl. I'm going to say they're going to go at least six and six, maybe seven and five. Give me Northwestern and the over. How does that sound? How does that sound? Okay. 
guys, this is the college experience. I'd appreciate it. If you could, uh, if you could, uh, share this thing, this beautiful thing of ours, comment on iTunes, talk college football on Twitter, mention it. You're talking to a buddy say, Hey, have you checked out the college experience? I would appreciate it. You can find the sports gambling podcast and the sports gambling podcast network on Twitter at DSGP network. You could find me on Twitter at D Colby D and you can find Patty C on Twitter at Patty C eight, three, one guys. This is the college experience. You better start thinking about yours and we out. Finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.